0: Curriculum Associates presents Extraordinary Educators with hosts Sari Labaris and Danielle Sullivan. Get ready to hear tips, best practices, and success stories to improve your teaching, leadership, and drive student learning. We're here for you. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Extraordinary Educator Podcast. My name is Danielle. I'm Sari, and this week we are so excited to have our first interview with a teacher from the class of 2023 Extraordinary Educators, Dr. Jamie Brown.
1: Oh my goodness. Well, I cannot wait to interview more of the class of 2023 because this first interview, it is kicking it off with an amazing start. This is a master class, and she's a middle school math teacher who... Really talks about data driven instruction. Really talks about standards based instruction, and is digging into how to leverage different elements of technology in engaging middle schoolers, especially in those that are struggling to have all of the skills filled in to be uh, ready for grade level instruction. It's she's it's really exciting. So stay, yes,
0: yes. So keep on probably- listening without making your life harder and she makes it she just it, it is just part of her now and so we're really excited for you to hear all of her best practices so without further ado here is our conversation with Dr. Janie Brown With us today we are so excited to have Dr. Janie Brown here one of our extraordinary educators in the class of 2023 so welcome to the podcast if you don't mind just introducing us to um to you and to what you teach and how long you've been teaching we'll start there for our listeners
2: Hi, I am Dr. Janie Brown, and I currently teach in the Laurel School District. I teach at Laurel Middle School, where we are all aboard education. Um, I've been teaching for roughly 15 years, give or take a couple of months, um, and I do teach math. I've always taught math. I've taught science a couple of uh, years, with included with math, but I mostly teaching uh, focus on math, and I love to teach math with uh, integration of technology because... They Just go hand in hand for me. I love what I do, I love who I do it for. I did elementary math for about 12 years and then I switched over in about 20 in 2020 to middle school, and I wouldn't change it for the world. I love it.
1: Wow! So, so much stuff to unpack. Middle school math, it's awesome, and you changed during the beginning of the pandemic. But talk yes. to us. And tell- yeah, let's talk about that and also I want to know about technology in the middle school math classroom. So so say a little bit more about all of those things. Please and thank you.
2: Yes, yes. So um technology in the middle school classroom that is that has a different look because the students are middle school students. You have to do a little different with them. It has to be geared towards the middle-aged students and right now we are using the iReady platform mostly and that is because it is so engaging and students get to interact. It drives our instruction from the beginning of the day or the beginning of the class to the end of the class. We use the interactive piece. We use the um, textbooks but the part that I love the most is the interactive the um, interactive piece to introduce the lesson. And then our students get to use the I-Ready math on their own to do their my path and do teacher created paths. And that itself is a mine because it's um, created according to the student's path. What they can and cannot do is differentiated
1: according to their their learning path, what they can do. And I love it. So talk to me more about how you integrate it. Cause I, when we talk to a lot of middle school educators in our travels, Sometimes they struggle with how to integrate um, the technology within the context of teaching whole group instruction. So can you describe how your day is structured or some best practices and even keeping the kids engaged with a device in the context of the classroom?
2: OK, so how I integrate tech into the class daily is I begin with the uh, already has a piece where you is um, what's it called interactive an interactive engagement piece it's where you
1: interactive tutorials
2: yes the interactive tutorials you introduce every lesson with it and even before you introduce the lesson there's a video where you introduce the unit it's a piece for the teachers but i allow the students to watch that with me because it kind of introduces the entire unit it lets them know and lets them see hey this is what you're going to be doing for the next couple of weeks it gives them a, a whole view, the whole picture, kind of lets them know where we're going and what we're doing. So the interactive lessons, um, we start day to day with a, a different activity to do. It scaffolds the lessons back to take them where we need to go for the towards the end of the lesson. So I stand in the front of the board, whole group, and I used to do it for about uh, 15, 20 minutes. And I say 15 to 20 because it can go a little longer and it can go... Um, a little short depending on the student's level and how they engage so the way I usually engage my students if there's a certain student I notice who's answering questions more quickly than others as I'm going through the lesson I'll ask that student to come to the board and be the teacher so what they do is they'll come to the board and they will click through the lesson they'll click through the drop down and they would have to ask probing questions of these students as they as if they were the teacher and the students would have to answer and they can't just give the students answer they would have to do as I, as if they were mean. they would say okay raise hand if you think it's a raise hand if you think it's b raise hand if you think it's c or d and if the majority says a then the student would click a if, even if it's the wrong answer that he or she would still have to click A because they need to see, oh, that was wrong. So now we have to rethink what did we do wrong or why was it wrong? And then you can kind of hear the students debating back and forth with, oh, I knew it was wrong. I knew that was the wrong answer I knew it was B instead of A. So it kind of gets them to talk to each other as well as kind of listen to their peers and kind of hear each other's way of thinking. We do that for the first 15 to 20 minutes of class. Once we finish that, then we get into the book. Now, even though it's, um, it's what I use to introduce the um, lesson with, I can also assign that exact same video tutorial in their Canvas lessons. So I can go to Canvas and drop the link and they can pull it up and they can go through it as I do. And I've also noticed that in the um, learning paths on already, they get to go through the same lesson. So the, the lesson is being reinforced constantly. So, the, I mean, with, as far as technology is concerned, that piece right there is like awesome. So once we've done that part, we then break down into center activities. So our center activities, which some people call them as call them small groups, we do the same thing, but we're doing more intentional things. We may have broken down the activities according to their prerequisites, the prerequisites for the lesson as a whole, and sometimes it may be broken down according to the prerequisites as they um, as we've gotten back their test results from the diagnostic. So I may have a group of kids doing geometry work. I may have a group of kids doing um, algebraic thinking work. I may have a group of kids that are in the, teacher, the teacher-led center, and then I have a group of kids who are on technology, which is iReady at this point. And while they're on the IREADY lesson, they go through the MyPath. The MyPath is, again, set according to how they scored on the diagnostic. Either they were bumped down because they may have, been, they may have not have scored as high on the skill during the diagnostic, or they will move up or redirected on their path according to if they scored higher on, um, during the diagnostic on a specific domain. So that portion is uh, directly set according to, um, according to their diagnostic and I ready. But in my teacher led group, that's more um, that's geared towards their their learning. What I've noticed in class that they they may be struggling on, if it's skill-based or if it's um just a little hit and miss, it may be something small that they may be missing. They may just need that one or two minutes with Dr. Brown so I can kind of guide them and help them see, oh, this is what I did wrong. And it may be um, also the lesson of the day. So if I'm going over expressions for the day, once they get in my center, we tidy up whatever misconceptions may have been made or may they may have during the lesson. So once we clear that up, then I let them move on and we rotate to the next center. But if they still kind of seem as if they don't understand, my center doesn't rotate. The other centers may rotate, but I won't let them move until I know that they have it. If one or two students in my center don't have it, I let the other students rotate. But those two kids, they'll stay with me and they'll just get it again with the next group.
0: That is amazing. You just listed like probably close to like 100 best practices for using data to drive instruction, using tech appropriately in the classroom, and then really getting your students to you know own their learning and feel um, engaged and like kind of give them choice and um. Yeah. Again, like I said, just, just take ownership of it, whether that's clicking through the video again by themselves or understanding that they're in a group because they have a specific um, need and then not, not, um, you know, putting them onto the next um, activity until they show mastery. It's it's truly amazing. So thank you for sharing all of that. I'm sure that will be incredibly helpful to everyone listening. I'm curious um, welcome. if, if I'm like a, a first year teacher or a teacher who thinks that I don't use data right now as much as I should Um, in the classroom. You are obviously at, you know, the the expert level here. It's part of of what you live and breathe. If I want to do more of it, how would you recommend to folks to kind of just get started if it seems overwhelming? Okay.
2: I would first say, look at, I wouldn't even look at the, the standards masteries. I would look at the bigger picture, I would go to the beginning of the year diagnostic, the B-O-Y. And the reason why is because the B-O-Y tells us a lot about what we're dealing with and who we're dealing with. Oftentimes we create lessons and we continue to test kids and work with kids and we get frustrated because we never understand why they're not grasping a concept or why they don't have a skill or when the skill seem so easy. Well, the reason why we're getting frustrated is because we don't know where they're coming from. So we need to go back to the beginning. The first test that we use to give a student in the at the beginning of school is the B-O-Y the beginning of the year, right? So if we can go back to looking at the data from the B-O-Y, then we can work with that. If we go into if and again, I'm stuck with I already because that's what we use and that I've used it for years, so I'm going to what I know. So in the, um, under the reports in IREADY, there's a section where it has Mississippi standards and that's because we're here in Mississippi. So when you go under the Mississippi standards, it gives you um, each one of our standards broken down. And it shows you the students who got to a standard and mastered it, the ones who got to the standard but didn't master it, and the ones who didn't get to the standard at all. So once you go through those three, you can kind of pinpoint exactly where your students like which category they fell under. So if you can kind of look there, that kind of give a new teacher a better sense of why the students are struggling, why they're not grasping the concept. So then she can click, she or he can click on those specific standards and then begin to scaffold her her lessons and, and her center activities and just go back to the basics. Sometimes we have to go back to those prerequisites. As I said earlier, and, and kind of bring the kids back to where they are. Not saying throw away the grade level uh, standards that, sh- that they should be working on, but just go to your grade level standards and then look for the prerequisites just so you can bring them up. Uh, and the, when I say bring them up, they can be just in the terminology. Sometimes we don't, if they don't know the terms, they can't grasp the concept. And that's something else that I would kind of talk to new teachers about. Drive the the definition, drive the terms. If students don't know terminology, they won't get the skill. They have to know the terms. So when you go back to that B-O-Y and you break down those standards and you see what kids can and can't do, then you can kind of guide your year in a different way.
1: So for those listening, she just gave you a master class on data-driven instruction. Everything (laughs) you said is Just wonderful. And even if you don't use iReady, if you're interested in learning more, we're happy to link some of the reports that um, Dr. Brown was referencing in the show notes, like the prerequisite report, the standards report. We do have standards reports for each of the states that we partner with. And, but Dr. Brown, man, you are like a master class of using the data in your classroom, and we are so grateful for you to spend time with us and sharing not only just the data, the way you were grouping, the way you're analyzing uh, what they know and what they don't know yet, but also the way that you're leveraging different pieces of technology in your classroom. So unfortunately, that is all the time we do have for today. We do appreciate you so much. Um, Sari, where else can people find us when they're looking around for podcasts? Thank you for
0: asking. <laughs> As always, please follow us um, on Twitter at curriculum Social and on Instagram at my I Ready. If you have feedback about the podcast, a topic of interest, want to be a guest or have a question, you can email extraordinary educators at CA And please leave us a review wherever you listen to podcasts. It really helps us reach more educators like you. This is about you. We are here for you.
1: So thank you again. And until we meet again, be you, be true, be extraordinary. Awesome. Thank you. Guys. The Extraordinary Educators podcast is produced by Curriculum Associates. Editing by Danielle Sullivan. Social media by At City Hannon. Guest booking by Siri
0: Labaris. Music by Mark Bernstein. This podcast is copyrighted material and intellectual property of Curriculum Associates. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at curriculumososh and on Instagram at myiready, and send your emails to extraordinaryeducators at CA